theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Balatanya would often say a mimer, a discourse, and uh, a few days later, or the next Shabbos, he would say a beer on the mimer, which would be a follow-up, a sequence, an explanation. Usually, in those biurim, sometimes he would explain and elaborate the concept much more, or often he would do that. He would also reference it and show how he developed ideas from their original source in the Chazal or in the Sfarim of uh, Kabbalah and Nister. And uh, sometimes he would dissect some of the details much more. And the Biurim are usually much more intricate, much more profound, a little more, sometimes a lot more, a little more complicated. And that's why you'll see in Torah Ayr, well, the Kutta Torah, there'll be a Maimer, and sometimes afterwards we'll say Beer. Beer al-Hanal, or Beer, which is a second Maimer, which is a follow-up that was usually said a few days later in the next Shabbos. This Maimer that we have been learning, Mayim Rabbim Le'yuchlu L'chabas Asav and Parshas Taldus, was said on the Shabbos before Purim Tovkov Samachtes, and a wedding, a wedding of a grandson which is why probably the connection probably was the Yitzchak, Matzachik, Rivka, Ishtoy, the whole connection between Yitzchak and Rivka. I think actually, usually when they would write them, uh, the brother of the Alter Rebbe who wrote most of them, my mother didn't write the details of when it was said, but the Tzamach Tzedek, he always, very often, he writes the details. So on this moment he says that it was said... <coughs> In, in one of the people, one of the Kisveyad, one of the men who says, Torah and Amelia Shabbos Lufnei Purim, Al Chasen Os Nechdoi Tovkov Samachtes. It was a Chasen of his grandson. Probably the wedding itself was Friday, as they used to do. So Shabbos was the Sukkot Sachasen, Shabbos before Purim, and the Balatanya said this Maimon. So Machtadik says, Chasen Os Ben Doidi Reber, Chasen of my cousin. In other words, another grandchild of the Balatanya. And then, apparently, a few days later, or the next Shabbos, perhaps, we don't know, he said the beer on the Maimer. I don't think we ever learned a beer. All the Maimarim we learned in Torah, we learned the Maimer itself, not the beer. But this time, we'll do the beer. We finished the Maimer itself. The last paragraph is more references, Maimer, Mekaymus, and Aris. So we're going to go now to the beer on page 37 of Daphne Tess. Now, this is a complex Maimer. This is not uh, such an easy Maimer. It explores a very profound idea in Teres Hanister and Teres Achsidus. That's the world of Das. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. And uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's begin the beer. Now, in order to really appreciate the beer, he takes the first Maimer is going to go to another level. In other words, it's a beard on the first mimer, and he reveals, you can learn the first mimer and learn it and even understand it to some degree, but the beard shows certain layers of understanding and depth in the first mimer that wouldn't have been clear without the beard. So therefore, to really appreciate the beard, I'm going to encourage those who can't the chaza the mimer that we learned, 
If you, you have it also online, so you could hazard it yourself or with the shiurim on the yeshiva.net with the source sheets. But then you'll be able to appreciate the beer much more. So he says, beer al-hanal, an explanation on the above, al-hanemr le'elo, aniska al-hanidber le'elo, aniska le'elo, aniska le'elo. Lahavim beer advarim al-posa kemitin ishes kolahim beise ba'av. To understand more the explanation of the ideas that we explain on the Pasuk and Shehashirim. If somebody will give all of his money, the money of his home, the wealth of his home for love, and he explained, that im doesn't only mean if, it means when. It's one of the meanings of im in Lashon Kaidosh. Which he said in the first mind, but that sometimes in Chumash, in Tanakh, Im doesn't mean if. Im Kesav Talvim, Parshish Brahm doesn't mean if you will lend money. A Jew is obligated to do Gmilas Chesed, to help somebody in need with a loan. Im means when you lend, and then the Torah discusses the halachas, for example, not to lend with interest, etc. Or Layyah Kanoisha over there. You shouldn't go and demand payment if it's making if you know it's making him uncomfortable and he doesn't have. If Yoival will come, doesn't mean if it's going to come the fiftieth year. There's nothing to do. You can't stop the clock. It means for sure it's going to come. It's just kasher. One of the meanings. Peter's kasher of talmus on This and this should be the halacha. Based on this, we can touch im not if. As the normal, ordinary interpretation, but when pirush, this is what we explain. When the man is going to give as all of the wealth of his home, he's going to give all the richness of his home. It's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. And we explain that that in the future, when Mashiach comes. As he said in the Zman of Tchiyas HaMesim primarily, Ish, the one that we refer to as Ish, is going to give Eskol Hoin Beisei, all the richness of his home, Ba'ahava, for this love. Shebizman this time, Now it's not manifested and revealed that he's giving Eskol Hoin Beisei, even though it's there. In the future, it will be revealed. Mm-hmm. The explanation was the wealth of is not just a person's assets. It refers to all the treasures, like all the matmainim, everything that's hidden, all the secrets, all the hidden treasures inside the home. Kalayim Baisa means everything in the home. While Derech Mashakasov, this is similar to what the Pasuk says in Mishle, Perich of Galad or Chav Gimel, where the Pasuk says that he quoted earlier, Bechachma Yibana Bayis. A home is built through Chachma. Ubitvuna and through Tvuna Yiskoinan. The home is established. Through Chachma, the home is built. Through Tvuna, through understanding, the home is established. Yiskoinan. And then Shleim Amel continues in the next Pasuk and says, Ubedas and through Das. The rooms, the chambers, the chadarim of the home will be filled with all of the precious and sweet, with numerous precious and sweet, pleasant treasures. That's the kolhein baisei. And as he explained earlier, that that's the remes of kolhein baisei, that all of the hoin and the bias, which bias, as he said, were oisis atayra, because Isis are called Avonim, 
You remember, Isis are called stones, which build words, which build home. It's a form of construction. So, the Talmudic Chachamim, the Gemara calls Banoyim. They build, they build, because they build the world through Isis Atayra. Isis are Batim. And Kalhoin Beisai was. Atayra is Chachma, Atayra is Bina. But then there's the Das of Taira, the Tainug of Taira, the Haim Beisai of Taira. The Tainug of Taira, that's what's heated Ishes Kalhoin Beisai. That's what he's going to give Ba'ava. That's what he explains. So he says, Vihineksiv, Bechachma Yibonabayas. With Chachma, you build the home itself. This refers to the letters of Torah, which are called homes. Like we said, each, every few letters creates a word, which means this construction. A letter is like a, a pebble or a brick. And together the letters put together a word. Ubitvuna Yiskoin and Pidish. Ike Kiyum Vamadas Tavnis Vatoichana Bayas Bidibikadarov Mutsavamovinadavk. And then it's established through Tvuna, which represents Bina, which means the maintenance and the establishment of the Tavnas, the structure of the home, the theme of the home, the many rooms, the pathways going in and going out is through Bina. The very building, the foundation is Chachm. <clears throat> and then Yiskoyin on the establishment of it and all of its details and intricacies is Bina, as we will see. Avol Das, but then one needs Das, Yimolun Kolachadarim Bohenyaka, that's what fills all the chambers with precious richness. And that's the Hoin Beisoy that is here presently through Torah Mitzvahs, but will come out Begilui in a revealed way, La'asid Lavoy. This is what was said in the previous Maimir, but he did not elaborate at all on this Chachma and the Bina and the Das and the connection to the home, he said it very Bekitzer, in the second to the last paragraph, and from there he went to the concept of Boiz Yavuzaloi, as we explored in the Shiurim on that Maimon when we learned it. Ulohovinus calls it to understand all of this, which before it, like in passing, he says Chachma Bina Das, Das is Tainug, Tainug in Torah, Dalakus in Torah, Shayolimus, Yudshin, is Yokar, is, is, is Yudshin, Im yitin ish is alef yutshin, knei chachma, knei bina, he said, knei is begematria yutshin, etc. So he says, lahavin kolze, tzorich lahakdim hakdoma achas, the beer inyan sederish tashlus, the yutsvidus, the atzilus, echusitrim voifam. To understand all this, we have to bring a hakdoma, an introduction. And this introduction is going to discuss one of the concepts known as one of the concepts in what's known as Seder Hishtalshlus, the evolutionary process of the ten spheres of Atzilus, Eichu Sidrum Vaifanam, how their order and manner functions. Now here he's going to discuss what would seem a classic Kabbalistic theme, a theme from Kabbalah, from Sifri Kabbalah, which as you will see immediately, here you'll have a very vivid example of how Nister of Torah, how Pnimi Yisatayri evolved. He's going to explore a theme that's in Kabbalah. At first glance, it seems completely coded, code language. Extremely abstract. It's mystical. It deals with things it's very hard to relate to. It's not tangible. doesn't seem tangible. It gets into a whole, so to speak, not mathematical, but like mathematical in terms of structure, where this is, where that is, where that is. Anyone who's familiar even a little bit with, with the Svarim of Kabbalah, of Pnimi Zatayla, sees this language 
all the time, but the language is extremely mystical, extremely coded, it's very, very beremis, very hinted. And then the Balatanya is going to take these very concepts and first of all try to explain them according to, uh, in an oifel of his shitter, which is Chachma Bina Das, which is discussing Chachma Bina Das, in a way that's more understandable, and more importantly, equally importantly, apply it to life, what it represents in a person's life. So let's see. Seder Hishtalshalus, just translation means, the word Hishtalshalus comes from the word Shalshalus. Evolution, a chain. One rung follows another rung. Unlike a chain, it's just separate rungs, you put them together. But each rung is a replica of the other rung. Spiritually, Seder Hishtalshalus means the evolution of divine energy from its highest place until it reaches this world. That's called Seder Hishtalshalus. Yud Sviris of Atzillus, I'm saying very, very bekitzer, very briefly. Yud Sviris of Atzillus. Kabbalah, it's explained that there are generally four worlds. Generally, Atzillus, Briya, Yitzira, Asiya. Our world is the world of Asiya, the world of action. Above it is the world of Yitzira, formation. Briya, creation. And Atzillus means from the word Eitzel, oneness, the world of intimacy, of closeness. And uh, when we say four worlds, it doesn't mean four separate worlds. You take a spaceship. And you fly a hundred million or a hundred billion light years away, you'll hit Yitzira. Then you'll do three hundred billion light years, you'll bump into Bria. And then you'll crash into, uh, to Atzillus, and by that time you won't know what hit you. For good reason. When we speak four worlds, the four worlds are not up in four places, they're all in the same place. It's ultimately four perspectives on every reality. There are four worlds, it's, we're talking about spiritual worlds, meaning spirituality is not limited to a certain place. Atzillus is here, Bri is here, and Yitzir is here, and Asiya is here. And Asiya itself, you have the spiritual world of Asiya, and you have the physical world of Asiya. We inhabit often the physical world of Asiya, and each world evolves from the other world. In other words, Atzillus and Asiya are not two separate worlds. One evolved, that's called Seder Ishtashlus. Each world is generally made up of building blocks. In, we have, in chemistry, you have the building blocks of everything. Yeah, a drop of water, right? A molecule of water is made up of two atoms of uh, hydrogen and one atom of one atom of oxygen. That will be the building blocks of water. When you look at water, you just see water. But if you dissect it, it's made up of atoms. Every single molecule of water is made up of atoms, but each atom is made up of what we call subatomic particles. I'm just trying to, ex- to explain that there's the chemistry of everything and you could go further and further and further and dissect it more and more and more until you get to deeper, deeper, deeper layers until you get to its core. The building blocks of every world is made up of what's called ten spheres. Spheres means numbers, like misbar. It also means lights, like sapphire, heaven sapphire. Characteristics. Ten spheres, which means ten divine energies, ten divine lights that make up the world. Those ten spheres are well known. Usually they're defined as Chachma Bina Das, Chesed Dvura Teferis, Netzach Hoid Yisoyed and Malchus, and Sviris Ha'imer, the seven weeks, Mosidurim, and Kehillas go through the seven middas. Those are the last seven. Before that, there's Chabad Chachma Bina Das. Very often, we count Keser. In many of the lists of the spheres, you'll count Keser, Chachma Bina, Skip Das, Chesed, Gvur, Teferis, Netzach, Yisrael, Malchus. We'll see one. Those are the ten spheres. Kibayachal, it's the way Hashem, if, if I want to sum, summarize it in one sentence, 
It's the way the infinite, the Ain Soif Hashem, identified with his, which within his infinity, ten manifestations, ten characteristics. As it says, the Arizal says there could have been a thousand spheres. There could have been infinite spheres, infinite manifestations. But these are ten ways in which Hashem chose to identify or reveal his infinite light, they're manifested through ten methods, through ten venues, ten characteristics, ten midos, ten attributes, whether it's Chachma, Bina, Das, and they are the building blocks of the universe, of every universe, including our universe, and of everything in the universe. Nasa Adam B'Tzalmeinu Kidmuseinu Al Pikabola means man, a person was created in Hashem's image, that we're also made up of the ten. That's why it says in Tanya, in many Svarim, in Nefeshachayim, many Svarim, that every soul is made up of ten characteristics. There's the Chachme in you, and the Bina in you, and the Das in you, and the Chesed in you, and the Gvur. Now some people are are more oriented towards one sphere. There's Bali Chesed, there's Bali Gvur, there's Bali Teferz, there's Bali Netzah. You have to know who you are. What? But each soul is made up of all ten. Those are the ten building blocks of the universe, and of every single soul. So it says... We make man in our image, which according to the Zoyer, and according to the Arizal, and many others, this refers to the ten characteristics. So he says, we want to understand something about this evolutionary process of Yud Svirus of Atzilus. Now I'm very well aware that people who hear these things for the first time, it's like you want to shut down. It's like, <laughs> okay, this is, this is, this is, this is above me, this is beyond, it's not Negea. So this requires a little diligence to be able to stay the course, as they say. And you'll see that things become clearer as we move on. I just wanted to specify what these words mean. When you Once you become familiarized a little more with the terms, then you see this really as a very uh, useful vocabulary in order to describe basically everything that goes on inside. So he says, In the words of the Mekobolim, this his encyclopedic uh, mastery of all aspects of Torah, Nigla Lekmanchenish, you see in Shulchanar Kharav, but also Pnimis Atayda was something extraordinary, to the point that when Balatani would speak, all the Svarim of both of Nigla and Nister came together. So he says, you see in the words of the Mekobalim, and in parentheses, what am I talking about? Be'etzchayim of a Pardus. Etzchayim and Pardus, two meth, two Eifanim, two orders, which l'cha'ira are kemat hafchim, are opposite. L'cha'ira, they're mamash opposite. So when one reads Kabbalah, these Kabbalah, they come across two completely different methods of interpretation of how the Esesritus work. Who are the Eitzchayim and the Pardis? The Eitzchayim, chronologically, it's the Pardis and the Eitzchayim. The Eitzchayim was written by, it means the Tree of Life, of course, which was written by Reb Chaim Vital, and encapsulates some of the fundamental teachings of his Rebbe, the Arizal. The Arizal, who was considered the greatest Kabbalist, or one of the greatest in the history of Yiddishkeit, who revolutionized the landscape of Pnimi Yisatayda in two short years, of course lived in Svas, many people visit his mikveh or his, or his resting place in Svas. He was, his yard said is, hey of, Shin Lamed Beis, 1572, in the 5th of Av in the summer, where he lived in Svas the last years. You have the Shul of the Arizal, the, the Kaver of the Arizal, the Mikvah of the Arizal. And the Arizal, his uh, uniqueness of the Arizal is he's one of the few people 
who revealed so many new ideas and yet didn't have major opposition. It's a chiddush in Jewish history that somebody should reveal, should be so revolutionary in his teachings, and yet he had mamish very little opposition direction, and he was accepted almost immediately by everybody, almost by everybody. To what degree is a question, but he was accepted by everybody. And Arizal passed away very young, either 36 or 34 or 38 in 1572. The Arizal had a Rebbe. And his Rebbe was the Ramak, Reb Moshe who passed away just two years before him. Chav Gimel Tamos, Shin Lamet, 1570. It's buried also there, Reb Moshe Cordovero. And he authored a sefer called Pardis. Pardis Rimoinim, the Orchard of Pomegranates, together with many other svarim. There's the famous Musa sefer of the Ramak. It's learned a lot. It's called Toymet Vayrim. Kinas Egois. Other svarim that he made. But uh, his... His magnum opus is known as the Pardis, which is really an encyclopedic work. The Pardis Rimoinim tried to gather and compile all the teachings of Kabbalah that existed till his day, from Zohar, from Sefer Yitzirah, from Sefer Haboyer, from all the writings of the Ramban and the other Kabbalah that existed till his day, and put it all together and organize it in chapters and different topics and reconcile contradictions. That was the Ramak. When the Ramak passed away, the Arizal started to teach in Svas. Ramak also lived in Svas. There was a Chabura. And then the Arizal started to teach the next two years. And the Arizal developed Kabbalah in a whole new way and systems much beyond the Ramak. So he says, when you study the Divri Amma Kabbalah, whether they Chaim the Arizal, or the Pardis, or Moshe Kordavera the Ramak, you see two different, I find them two different methods. We're now going to read now and see the contradiction that he's raising. And as we said, it will become clearer and clearer. The first method is One is, they evolve one below the other. One below the other. The Hainu. Shabchinus bina netzla mabchinus chachm. Bina emanates. Netzla comes from the word like Yevon Parshas Baaloischa. Hashem says to the Moshe, choose 70 people. Ve'atzalti min haruach asher alecha. What does ve'atzalti mean? I will take from the spirit on you and, and, and impart it to them. Right? I will emanate. In English there's a word emanate. I will emanate from the ruach on you to them. Won't, won't get taken away from you. Like the Rashi brings from the Sifrika, Madlik Nermine, like lighting a candle from a big candle. First candle doesn't get diminished, but the light continues. So I'm going to take from the spirit on you and put it on the 70 people. That's what happens. That's the word Vatsalti. Netzla comes from that word. Netzla means it emanates from it, it emerges from it. These are called Gimel Rishainas, the three first ones. Chachma, which is the source for Bina, and Bina, which is the source for Das. Zetachaza. Umehem, and then from them, Netzlu Chagas. Chagas is Chesed, Gvura Teferis. You'll see Chabad is Chachma Bina Das. Chagas is Chesed. Gamkein, also Aldere Hanal, in the same fashion. Vihine, Sir Gashmi Halos. This physical picture, who Aldere Moshal Mipsari Echza. A metaphor for it would be, as we say, the Pasuk says in Iyer, from my flesh I will perceive Hashem, 
which means there's a metaphor for it, there's a manifestation of it in the person. It's like the ten faculties of the soul. The soul, the nefesh, is made up of ten characteristics, ten faculties, again, chachma, bina, das, etc., and they're all manifested within the limbs of the body. The soul lives in the body. And different organs of the body are manifestations, are levushim, for different koiches of the soul. Chachma, bina, das are completely manifested, of course, in the brain. Everything comes in the everything is in the brain, but it's manifested, it's revealed through different parts, just like our power of vision. It's also in the brain, but it's manifested through the eye, and our power of smell, or our power of speech, or our power of motion, or our emotions, our feelings. Every koyach has the limb, the, the organ of the body that houses and manifests that koyach. So the generally the ten koyches hanefesh from chachma through malchus are manifested in the limbs of the body. Shereish is hagilui. The first revelation is always bechachma. The faculty of chachma shehi pchines havrakas haseichel bepchines nekuda. Chachma represents havrakas haseichel. The word havrak comes from the word barak. Barak means a lightning. In Yiddish, a blitz. Havrakas haseichel. When the seichel enlightens the person. It is like a lightning flash, like a, a a lightning goes off in the brain. It's always a seminal point on the Kuda. That's why it's called Chachma, which is a combination of two words. Koyach, Ma. Which means the power of what. Ma means what. Like you say, Maza. Maza. What are we? Who do you think we are that you're fighting us? It's not Very often when they write in Rashatavis, when when they I'm sorry, when they write out a word in two, so it's like emphasis. The Koyach of Ma. It's not in Rashatavis. It happens to me, Ma's also big Ma's one way how you write out Yud Kevavke, but that's not uh, what he's getting into. Because it's not yet comprehended. This is also why Chachim is also with the Yud, the first Yud of Yud Kevavke, which is on the Kuda. In the whole alphabet, Aleph base, the Yud represents a point, a seminal point. The other letters are much more expansive. From Chachma will come Bina, where the comprehension will be expanded both in length and in breadth. And this is the He. The Yud comes into the He, which represents Bina. Chachma and Bina are the father and the mother, which give birth to the Midas, to the children. To the midas are usually called emotions or feelings. We'll see exactly what that means. Usually people translate midas as emotions or feelings. And as we will see, it's a pretty confusing translation because of what we call feelings is not exactly what midas are. But midas means the emotions that emerge from the chachm and bina, like mm-hmm. the father and mother, which generally are avavir, mm-hmm. love and awe. <laughs> Because generally, all love or fear, avo, yira, are all based on understanding and awareness. 
based on how I understand something, I think about something, I contemplate about something, that will be the father and mother that gives birth to my emotional relationship to it, whether through Ava or Yira, positive, closeness or rejection, a sense of, of love or a sense of, of reverence, a fear of awe. So in the person, you have that same system. There's Chachma, Chachma gives rise to Bina, and ultimately Chachma Bina give rise to Ava and Yira, etc. This is the system of Zetachazeh, where one sphere, one Kayach, emerges from the previous Kayach as its progenitor, as its origin, as its source. That's what he says, Mipsari Echza, that this begins in the person himself. This is a marshal in the person himself. The ten Kayach is the way they're in, their, in the body. Different parts of the body manifest them, but it all begins with Chachma, which is the first flash of consciousness, the first flash of Seichel in the brain, and then gives birth to Pina, etc. Ava and Yira parallel Chesed and Gvura. In Koiches Hanefesh, Chesed is represented by Ava. Kindness is connected to love. And Gvura, discipline, or strength, is connected to Yira. Or, yeah, that's why he says Ava and Yira. And so forth. This is how it is in a person. But the reason it's in a person like this is because it's above like this. In Oilamatsilis it's this way. We say that in the evolution of the ten Svidas, the Chachma of Atzilis means the higher Chachma, which is Chachma of Atzilis. That's the beginning of the revelation. V'ibchines Yud Shul Shem Avaya. That's the Yud. Shadayin Ene V'ibchines Gilui. It's not yet revealed. V'ha'chachma Me'ayin Timotze. In Eov it says, Where does Chach? Where are you going to find Chachma? Chachma Me'ayin Timotze. From where are you going to find it? But he's explaining it in the positive that Chachma is the emergence from Ayin, and therefore. It's less revealed, it's less begilly, it's less yesh. That's why Barizal says that the light of the infinite is always manifested in Chachma because it's Reishis Agilu, there's still the eye in there. It's not so concrete and uh, tangible. From Chachma comes the next level, which is Bina. Shubchinas Giluya is Pashtus. He does already expansion. It's called Hey. Hey, the Yud expands both in length and in breadth, both ways. Another name for Bina in, in the works of Kisve Harizal is Eimabonim Smecha, the mother of the children. Chachma is the father, and Bina is the mother. And we know the difference between the mother and the father when it comes to the fetus. The father contributes a seed, a sperm, a tippa. That seed has a lot in it. Microscopically, it contains the fetus. But the seed is mamisha tippa. It's a tiny little nakuda. Yet, when that nakuda is absorbed by the aim habana, by the mother of the child, 
So together with her contribution with the egg, it develops into an embryo that then evolves into a full-fledged fetus over nine months, and then a healthy, vibrant, living baby, Bezer Hashem, could be born. But without the mother, one remains with a seminal, literally seminal, comes from that same word, semen, a sperm with a tippet, just a little drop which contains life in it. But it's still very, very concealed. It's in a state of potentiality. It has to be developed. That's why from Chachma, the Av, you come to Bina, which is Amabonim, the mother. And so on and so forth, the father and the mother can then give birth to the children, Amabonim Smecha, which would be Chesed, and then Gvura, and Tiferes, and Netzach, and Hoid, and Yisod, etc., all of the Midas that are born and emerge from the father and the mother. This is one system of the spheres. One system. Zeh, Tachas, Zeh. There's another way we see in Kabbalah, a completely different method. That the ten spheres are in a form of three kavan, which means three lines, like a triangle. And the right, Chuli. Again, he assumes here previous knowledge. But this is a different system where it's not that the ten spheres, one follows the other. But rather, there are units of three. So if you look at a picture, so to speak, a graph, there would be three completely different columns. On the right, on top, you'll have Chachma. On the left, you'll have Bina. One is not under the other. Chachma is on the right, Bina is on the left. They're on the same level. And in the middle, you'll have what's called Keser. Now you'll go down. Okay. Das is again in the middle, under Keser, right? Where is Chesed? Under Chachm. Gvura will be under Bina. Tiferes will be under Das. Netzach will go to the right. And then Hoid will go to the left. Yisoid again will be under Tiferes, under Das, under Keser. And then Malchus is under that, separate. So you have on the right column, you'll have Chachan. Chachma, Chesed, and Netzach. On the left column, you'll have Bagar, Bina, Gvura, and Hoid. In the middle column, in the middle center column, you'll have Katad, you'll have Keser, Tiferes, and Das. So Zetachazer is Keser, Underit, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, like a straight line, one from the other. And then you'll have a completely different situation where they're not coming one from the other, but there's like this, this, ah, you have a picture. Okay, those guys, give me, I'll show everybody. Where did you find this picture? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to count Kester and Das together. This is a little picture. You can see this picture. I don't know how well you can see, huh? So on, on, you'll have here, in the middle you'll have Kesser, right? On the right, Chachma. On the left, you'll have Bina. Under Chachma, you'll have Gedula, which is Chesed. On the left, you'll have Gevura. In the middle, you'll have Tiferes. And so it goes. Netzach right, Hoid left, Yisoyed center. Everything is right, left, center. The first is the center, Keser. Then Chachma is on the right. Bina on the left, like a triangle. Then you'll have a double triangle. You'll go to the next level. And you'll have Chachma on the right, Bina on the left. And you'll have Das. 
And then you'll have Chesed on the right, Gvura and Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, and then Yisoid, and on the Rit Malchus. According to this, Chachma, Chesed, and Netzach are in the right column, Bina, Gvura, Hoid are in the left column, Keser, Das, Tiferes, and Yisoid are in the middle column. That's a completely different system of Sviris in the Sifri Kabbalah, and both are discussed, both are pictured. What do you want to ask? Like a segel, yeah. Like a segel, like a triangle, yeah. Yeah. Nimtzul, if he say this, according to this order, Chachum bin Adas don't emerge from each other. V'gam hamidus kulon, also, the Midas, they don't emerge like we said before from the first three Chachma bin Adas. Because Chachma and Bin are standing in two parallel lines. So, which depends which Midas? Chesed is associated with Chachma. Gvura is a completely other side. You're not going to say that the Midas just come from Chachma bin Adas like we said earlier. Chabad doesn't come from each other. Chachma is on the right, Bin is on the left. They're not under each other. Right? And the Midas also are not under Chabad. One Midas associated with one another, Midas associated with something else. The main difference between the two systems expressed in two areas. Ha'alif, area number one is, Lufi Seder Ha'alif, in the first system, Chabad, Heimzu Tachazu. Chachma bin Adas are one below the other. Nimzer, which means Das is always under Chachma and Bina. Chachma, then Bina, then Das, under it. Like a hierarchy. And Das is always higher than Chesed and Gvura. Chachma Bina Das are above. Das comes from after Chachma and Bina and higher than Chesed and Gvura. Das is actually the channel from Chachma and Bina to Chesed and Gvura. Das is the link from Tati and Mami to the kinderlach to the children. But in the second system, where the spheres are not in one line, but in three separate columns, like triangles, Das is in the middle column. Das doesn't stand under Chachma bin Irak. Das is directly related to Keser, which is the crown above all. And in fact, here, Das becomes the channel from Keser to the Chachma on the right, to the Bina on the left, and then to Chesed and Gvura in the next column of right and left, as we will explain. So one major difference is the place of Das. In the first system, Das is below Chachma and Bina. And it's the intermediary between Chachma and Bina and the Midas, which are under Das. That's system number one. In system number two, it's a completely different hierarchy. Keser, which is on the top, feeds directly into Das, which is the middle. Chachma is on the right, Bina is on the left. Das is not accepting and receiving of Chachma and Bina. Das has a channel to Keser. And it channels Keser. In fact, it's the channel of Keser. And then gives it to the right and to the left, if anything. And then to Chesed and Gvura, because it's the middle, and the middle becomes, like the middle means it's the center, it's the center point, it's the core, it's the vortex, it's the emtza, it's the merkaz. So why don't we do that? Keser goes down to Chachma and Bina and goes, oh, Chesed. Chachma and Bina is parallel to Chesed or parallel to Da? Chesed is on top. Chesed is on top, beyond Chachma and Bina. Right? And then you have on the right Chachma, on the left Bina, and then Das in the middle. 
So Das is channeling Kesser, because Das is the same column like Kesser. Unlike in the first system, where Chachman Bin are above Das, and Das channels Chachman Bin to the next level. Here Das is directly channeling Kesser. Das is Makabal from Kesser, not from Chachman Bin. That's system, that's system number two. Why does it flow that way? Why can't it flow in any direction? Well, the, the reason we say Das is in the center is for that reason. Why is Das and Kesser in the center? Because there's a relationship between them that is unique. Why can't the, 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 the picture is simply a muscle. It's not about a picture. No, if everything is together, that doesn't have Not to together. Why is Kesser in the middle and Das in the middle? And not Das on the right or on the left? Because Das is uniquely, has an intimate connection to Kesser. Versus Chachman Bina. Kesser is channeled through Das. That's why it's in the middle. The fact that it's in the middle is just a, a, a way of saying that Das is channeling Kesser. Rather than Das is channeling Chachman Bina to the next place. You understand what I'm saying? Isn't it a sego that Das is lower than Chachman Bina? That's why his picture was confusing. <laughs> That's why his picture was confusing. So just for the sake of clarity, keep it not like a sego. Keep Chachman on the right, Bina on the left, Das in the middle, under Kesser. Okay? Or Chachman bin, instead of doing a segel, do it like a triangle. <laughs> I said a triangle, not a segel. That's why I said a triangle. You understand what I'm saying? Das in the center, and Chachman bin on the right and on the left. And then you'll have Tiferes and, uh, and Chesed and Gvura. And then you'll have Yisoy, the Netzach and Hoyd. Okay? So that's the second way. Vahabez is one more difference. Lefisedira Aleph in the first system, Ikire Ladusumatsiyas Amidasumi Chachmu bin Aidea Das Amamshuk Kama. The Midis come from Chachma and Bina through Das. Mashekilu Visedira Bez, Hainim Shachas Mubchina Sakasir Aidea Das, Hamamshuk Benar Sakasir Dafka. Where the second Oifen, the Midis don't come through Chachma and Bina, not necessarily. Actually, the Midis are channeled from Kesser through Das, who introduces to them the light of Kesser. So two major differences. Difference number one is in Das. Difference number two is in all the Midas. In system number one, Das is below Chachma and Bina, and it's the intermediary between Chachma and Bina and all of the Midas. Where in system number two, that hierarchy completely breaks down. It does not exist anymore. Because Das is not under Chachman Bin, on the contrary. Das is directly under Kesser, which means its relationship is with Kesser. And as we will see, it feeds Chachman Bin and Kesser and Gvura. That's a difference in Das. But it also results in a major difference in terms of the Midas. In the first system, all the Midas are children of Chachma and Bina and Das. That's where they emerge. In the second system, it's a whole different idea. Take Tiferes. Tiferes is not born from Gvura and Chesed. Tiferes is born from where? The Pharaohs is directly under Das, which is directly under Kesser. The Midas are channeled in a completely different way. It's not that the Midas come from Chachma and Bina. No. The Midas are channeled through Das, which comes from Kesser. And Das feeds Chesed. Das feeds Gvura, right? Tiferes will feed Netzach. Das feeds Chachma. Das feeds Bina. Tiferes will feed Chesed and Gvura. Yisoid will feed Netzach and Hoyt. All from the middle which is Das through Kesser, a whole different system. Through Das. Through Das. The columns are very, very meticulous. The columns represent how it gets channeled. 
you channel through your column, right? So Chesed will feed Netzach and Chachma will feed Chesed. But the middle column is a direct contact. So Keser feeds Das. Since Keser is always on the top. So here Das, suddenly the hierarchy has changed. Instead of Das being under Chachma and Bina, Das is in a completely different place. And therefore all the Midas are affected. Because now the Midas receive from Das, which receives from Keser. So it's a whole different, ad, even Chachma and Bina. I mean, even Chesed and Gvura. It's all connected to Das, because Das feeds Keser into all of them. So it's a completely different system. We're in the first system, Keser, Chachma, Chachma, Bina, Bina, Das, Das, Chesed, Gvura, the first, that's what you said, Malchus. In the second system, So in the second system, it's not so simple to call Chachma and Bina father and mother. I'm not going to say not, but it's not so pashat. The role of father and mother is a very different role. Right? Why can't they be father and mother for Chesed and Gevurah? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's not that they're not Ava Aim anymore, but it's a completely it's a completely different understanding. How do we integrate them? How do we, how do we consider them in relation to each other? Well, at this point, we don't consider them in relation to each other. Before relationships, they first have to have their own identity. Okay. <laughs> So first they have to have their own, then they can be a relationship. Okay. So when somebody sees this, there's a contradiction here. It's a completely different system. Okay, there's two systems. And then you can go better and ask the two important, the important question of two words, who cares? <laughs> Fine, you put Das here, put Kesser here. As far as I'm concerned, you can put the, you can put another few people in between. Put them in the right column, the mental column, the left column. So this is where it's important to understand here that all these pictures are just descriptions of t- intangible words of profound ideas of how the system of life, of how this whole system of life works. As we shall see in the Hemshech of the Maimer, that uh, these two systems are completely two different systems of understanding the entire human structure as well. As we see here, it's all paralleled in the human structure completely two different sets of ways of understanding the entire system of a person's life. How our lives develop, both in terms of our will, our intellect, and our relationships, our emotions. And it's always how Das plays, gets, how, how Das comes out, as we will continue learning in the Hemshech of the Maimer. Again, I know that this is somewhat... Uh, abstract or extremely abstract and intricate so I do uh, request from you to stay the course you could hazard it, learn it well should to get the facts of what he's saying and then we'll go on Hashem, the next uh, days to develop it further so brief summation the Nekudas HaTamtsis that we learned was that in Sifrei HaKabolah in the works of the Kabbalah in Eitz Chaim and in Pardus, one finds two systems which apparently seem almost paradoxical. In the words of the Balatanya, L'chaorehim kim'at hafchim. Apparently they seem almost completely opposite. System number one is what he calls Zeh Tachazeh. Seder Ishtalshalus Zeh Tachazeh. That when we speak about the ten koiches, the ten faculties of the soul, which originate in the ten 
Kivayochel in the ten spheres, in the ten faculties or ten characteristics through which Hashem manifests Himself, one evolves and emerges from the other. So you'll have Chachma, and below that, below we don't mean in space, we're not talking about graphic, we're not talking about space, below we mean in concept, following from it, emerging from it, that's what below means. You'll have Bina, and Das, and Das will become the channel, the intermediary between Chachma and Bina, and then the next level, which are the Midas, Chesed, Gvura, and then Tiferes, all the way down, Netzach, Haid, and Malchus, which gives us the number 10. That's one system, called Zeh, Tach, one below, one emerging from the other. Chachma, Bina, Das, would be called Gimel, Rishonis, the three first, meaning the first three spheres. The next seven would be called Zion, Tov, Zion, Tachtoines, the seven lower ones. Just like in the person, he said, one begins with Chachma, which is a flash, a flash of inspiration, a flash of intelligence, a flash of wisdom like a lightning. It's pitch dark and a lightning goes, a lightning strikes. And for a moment, there is an extraordinary brightness and luminescence, which then disappears. And then comes Bina, which is the development of the idea. As he says, from Yud, you go to Hay. The Yud is the point and the Hay is the expansion. From father you go to mother, the father provides the seed, and the mother absorbs it, fertilizes it, develops it. Because she fertilizes it, she can then develop it into a full-fledged baby. That's Av, is the father, is a symbol for Chachma. Abe is the mother, is a symbol for Bina. And then the mother gives birth from the father and the mother, from this process, this birth. The birth is the birth, what we call the Midas, Ahava, love, Yira, awe, and all of the other uh, emotions and experiences. And this is a reflection of how it is, Kivayachal, by Hashem, and what he calls the world of Atzillus, the first world, the divine world. We also have this process of, of Yud, which is the beginning of the Gili, which is Chachma, Chachma, and then from there you go to, uh, to Bina, which is the Eim Habanim, and then Vav and He. The other system, however, is very different. The other system, he says, is not Zetachazet. It's rather what he calls a Tziur of Gimel Kavan, right? Tziur of Gimel Kavan would mean that there are three columns, not one below the other, but one parallel to the other. It's not a hierarchy, but the picture would be a different picture. The form would be a different one. Again, we're not talking in space. We use the word pictures just to illustrate a concept. It's to illustrate an idea which is abstract. So that's why we use forms and pictures simply to make it a little more, a little more accessible. And here, Chachma Bina Das don't flow from each other, but they parallel each other. Nor do the Midas flow from the Gimel Rishonis, Chachma Bina Das. Again, they parallel each other. In fact, what you have is three columns. On top, in the middle, you'll have Kesser, on the right, you'll have Chachma. On the left, you're going to have Bina. And this will continue in every process. So on top, all the way on top, you'll have Keser. Then you'll have on the right, Chachma. On the left, Bina. And in the middle, you're going to have the column of Keser, which is on top, and Das. Das is in the middle. And then it will continue in every one, every three. 
Chesed on the right, under Chachma, Gvura on the left, under Bina. Tiferes in the middle, under Das, under Chesed. Netzach on the right, under Chesed, Hoid on the left, under Gvura, and then Yisoyed again in the middle column. Malchus is, is just like Chesed is above, Malchus is below. That's why he says it's always the picture of Chachan. Chachan is an acronym of Chachma, Chesed, Netzach, because they are all right column spheres. The other one would be Baga, which is Bina Gvura Hoid, which is left column spheres. The middle would be Keser on top, Das, Das Dati, Das Tiferes, and Yisoyit. Keser is the crown, so Keser is above Chachma. Keser means the crown, which is above Chachma. Just like the crown is on top of the head. So spiritually speaking, in the spheres, Keser is above Chachma. Chachma is in the brain. It's the first experience of, of the conscious mind, this Chachma, the flash. You know, a person has a dilemma, you're confused, and then suddenly you have this, I got it. The aha moment, we call it inspiration. That's called Chachma. There's a conscious thought, some experience. Something comes into your brain, an idea, an answer, a solution, a an awareness, uh, something opens up, that's Chachma. But then you got to develop it. That's Bina. The father comes to the mother, that's Bina. And then there's Das, Kesser. But Kesser is the crown, which is above Chachma, like the crown physically, which is above the king's head. It lay upon top of his head and represents something higher than Chachma. As we will see, it's connected to Ratz and will. First day? Seven Midas. Yeah. You want to know how did 11 come in? No, that's without Kesser. Without Kesser, it's 10. With Kesser, it's 11. You want to know how that works? It's 10 or 11. Kesser is often not counted because it's above. It's number 11, it's above. There are systems, there are systems, we will see, in which Kesser is counted and then Das is not counted. Isn't it the source? Right, so according to that, Kesser... And then Chesed Gura. There are, there are such situations where Kesser is counted and Das is not counted. Yeah. What are the two, there's two major differences between these two systems, Pashat, to understand the, the, the mathematics of it or the facts of it, I should say. The first is that in the first system, Chachma, Bina, Das are one below the other. So Das is under Chachma and Bina and emerges from them, receives from them, and then gives to what is below it, which is Chesed and Gvura, and Tiferes, etc. So it's above Chesed and Gvura, it's below Chachma, Bina, that's the first system. We're in the second system, that's not the case, Das is not under Chachma and Bina, in fact Das is in the middle, the center. And where does it receive from? It receives them directly from Kesser, which is on top of the spheres, which is in the middle. So it's a whole different Das. It's not a Das that channels Chachma and Bina. This is a Das that emerges from Kesser Kavem Tsai. And it's the other way around. It channels Kesser. Because it's in the middle column, it gives to Chachma and Bina, rather than it takes from Chachma and Bina and gives to Kesser and Gur. That's a whole different picture. That's why it says it's almost contradictory. Who is this Das character? The second major difference is not on Das, but the second major difference is on the Midas. In the first system, the Midas come from where? 
from Chachman Bina, the father and the mother. Again, through Das, because Das is under Chachman Bina. That's in the first system. In the second system, the Midas have a access not necessarily to Chachman Bina. True. There are the Midas of the right column. There are the Midas of the left column. There's also the Midas in the middle column. The Midas in the middle column have no connection to Chachman Bina. Right? They take Midas Hatiferes, emerges from the middle column, which is from Das, which is from Kesser. So that means you have a relationship between Midas and Kesser and Das that is not through the medium of Chachma and Bina, like in the first case where all the Midas emerge after Chachma and Bina because there's a clear hierarchy and you're not escaping that hierarchy. But here, the second one, it's a completely different system where the Midas can be accessed through Das, which channels Kesser and the Kavah Emtsoy. So therefore, when you look at these facts, in the works of Kabbalah, this seems like a contradiction. Who is Das? And who are the Midas? I will say, obviously, the obvious. Most people, would, even if they see the contradiction, it's like, okay, what else is on the menu today? What's for breakfast? But somebody who understands that the system of Pnimius HaToyra, the system of Teresa Kabbalah, is not just words. It's actually the spiritual science of the entire universe. It's the spiritual science of the universe. That's what Kabbalah is. It's the spiritual science of the soul. Just like biology is the physical science of the soul. And science and physics is our, our attempt to understand the physics of the universe. Much, not all, but much of Kabbalah, of Pnimisatayda, is the science of the universe, the spiritual science of the universe, and the spiritual science of the soul which is, of course, the spiritual origin of the physical science of the soul and of the universe. And it's not only of the universe and of the soul, but it's really, the, so to speak, the, 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 the setup, the system that the Rebbeinu Shalom set up. Even Kibayach within himself, Nasa Adam Betzal Meinu Kid Museinu, and we're making a person in our image, as the Pasuk says in Berechus. So these types of contradictions for a mind like the Balatanya were alarming. <laughs> so now he continues. And on the top line of Daf Yutes Amud Beis, page 37. You could have guessed that, probably. The Inyan is that both charts, both systems are MS, are true. The Yuvans, this will be understood all Pimash and Noida based on what is known. Known means known to those who know. When we speak of Das, we have to differentiate between two types. Das Elyon and Das Tacht. The higher Das and the lower Das. Das Elyon, the higher Das, one Nimshukhanesakesa. That is the das that flows. It emerges from keser. And then will synthesize chachmabina. That's what a center. You'll say a centrist person could synthesize the right winger and the left winger, right? He can bring them together. I don't mean to get political here. But everything originates in spirituality. You have right wingers, you have left wingers, and you have, you have centers. So you have centered people who are in the center because they don't like to take positions. That would be like the Kotsky Rebbe said, as the Einzige was gaten mitten weg is a fed. Menschen gain other rechts, other links. Kotsky Rebbe said in the high, in the, there were no highways then, but in the roads, the horse is the only one who manages to stay in the center. 
people are either to the right, they walk to the right or to the left, which was of course his uh, explicit and blunt way of describing his position about people who play it safe and are always sitting on the fence. They're good with everybody because they're good with nobody but themselves. And they just protect it. That's one type of center. But there's a different type of center. The Rambam says in Hilchus Deis that the path of life should be the Derech Emtsoyis, not the extreme life. That's what we're talking here, center. The center is not because the person is afraid to take a position, but because the person has the maturity to be able to see different positions and perspectives and then try to bring out the best in each and bring them together. Das, as we will see, is the center. The center is the one that can synthesize right and left, which makes it center. It's in the middle. It's not right. It's not left. So Das always connects. In the Das Elyon, he receives some Kesser in the middle column and he brings together Chachmem Bin. He impacts Chachmem Bin. He's Mechaber Umiyachet. Links and unites, unifies, which is even deeper than Chibur. Ayideha Aras HaKesar, by introducing Kesar. Synthesizing, synthesizing. It's not just Soivel, the two ends. Right, yeah, synthesizing, actually impact. Vedas, Vedas HaTacht, and then there's the lower Das, who Adas HaMespashet Betoi Chamitz. This is the Das that extends within the Midas. Laham Shech Behena Aras Chachmo Bina. To bring into the Midas, again, Connecting Chachma and Bina together and bringing in Chachma and Bina into the Midas. So there's two Dasas. There's the Das Elyon, that's the Das that's channeling Kesser, and that Das actually synthesizes Chachma and Bina, it's like above Chachma and Bina. And then there's the Das Tachten, that's the first system, right? Which is below Chachma and Bina and brings Chachma and Bina into the Midas. Just like there's two types of das, there's two types of midas. The first is the midas that their main reality emerges from chachmabina. The metaphor would be a person below. Where one's midas, one's emotions are always based on his or her mindset, awareness. Because Seichel is what gives birth to these Midas. He doesn't finish the sentence. An immature child who has a certain awareness of things, his emotional responses will be reflective of that type of awareness. Basically, our Midas, our emotional responses, are always a reflection of our awareness. There's no such a thing as an emotion, L'cha'ira, at this moment, in this context of Mindus, every emotion is preceded by awareness, a certain awareness. It's hard for us to see sometimes. It's hard when you're feeling an emotion to say, wait, 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 wait. Who is the mother of this emotion? Who is the father? Emotions are so intense. A person is so intense, it consumes you. But really, if you stop and you go back, there's a perception that gives birth to the emotion. There's always a perception of birth to the emotion. It just happens so fast, and it's sometimes so ingrained, that we don't feel we have control over it. But every Mida is a child, and every child came about through somebody. Somebody's responsible for this child. They may not take responsibility. Child may be too rowdy. They want to give him up for adoption. That's what people do with their emotions. They don't want to take responsibility 
for their children. But you got to take responsibility for your children. And the worst thing is to be afraid of your children. Not good. Not good. Yes, they can be scary. They could be scary, but they come from you. That means all the fear of your children is something inside of you. Because they come from you. There's nothing in the child that ultimately you can't confront, you can't deal with it. So you see this constantly with people and their emotions. They're frightened of their emotions like they're frightened of their teenage children. <laughs> and they say, when did you ever come into my family? I-, I can't have to do with you. So when it comes to adoption, it's a little bit of a more dramatic amputation. But emotionally, people do it all the time. I don't own these emotions. They're not mine. And this my Matinda. Hey, you can have them. You can raise them. I'll send you $100 a month. Raise them. Of course, yeah. It has to do with seichel, with perception, with awareness, and with maturity. With maturity is a major development of seichel. A mature seichel is a different type of seichel. It's a seichel with experience. It's a seichel that is realistic. You can have a seven-year-old genius, you know, who knows the dictionary, but he's still a child. And as we will see, this is where Das plays a major role. This is where Das, which is partial, partly maturity, it's all other things too, plays a major role. It's not just the father and the mother and the children. Chachm is the father, Bina is the mother, but there's Das in the middle of it. Where does Das come in? From a mother, you have a child. But we know a mother has to be developed to be able to have a child. Biologically, it has to be a certain state to be able to have a child. The same is true spiritually and emotionally. So that's why a cotton has different middas. A cuddle has different middas. Some people remain ketanim their whole life. And still they can have kids that have dogs. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a yeah and hopefully they'll out. grow up one day through that. Parents. Yeah, or the other way, so their parents grow up through their children. Their children make them aware that they're parents. Yeah. I was once speaking in a shul, and uh, the, there was a problem with the men realizing that they, they grew up. <laughs> they had a problem with it. They, they had a, I was once speaking at a shul, invited to about mitzvah, and I, I knew it was a shul that the, the, parent, the parents still refused to acknowledge that they grew up, which is an understandable emotion. It's always easier to uh, see yourself as a nine-year-old, and you could just run for the lollipops. So basically, when the lollipops came, the adults were ahead of the children. You know, sometimes when you see, uh, they have a children's dinner and the ones who are there are the adults. Because <laughs> it's, it's real food. It's french fries, chicken nuggets, uh, hamburgers, not the fake, uh, you know, veal and, uh, and fancy spare ribs. That's, uh, a, you know, $80 a plate. This is, you know, the basics, $3. But that which sustains, uh, sustains civilization. So, uh, so I told him that one of the Asaris Adibris is Kabe de Savicha Respect your father and mother. So it doesn't only mean respect your father. Obviously, means respect your father and mother. It also means kabbada savicha. Respect your fatherhood. Respect the office. Respect yourself as a father. Respect yourself as a mother. See who you are. I know you feel like a fourteen-year-old, immature teenager trying to figure himself out, still trying to have fun at night. I got it. We have to make space for that too. That's also your child. You don't have to, we don't have to give him up. But respect your fatherhood. 
respect yourself as a father. You're not two years old, you're a father. So you say, fine. So maybe we have to learn a few things, but a person has to realize that. And that challenges me to rise to the occasion, notwithstanding the fact that this stump still unresolved stuff, and in many ways I'm still a child. And in many ways that's also a good thing that you're still a child, because, you know, there's a certain spontaneity and, and immaturity and inquisitiveness maybe and curiosity, and you still like to play with the trucks and, uh, and with Lego and so forth. So on this level, on this level, which will be developed more, but the first basic idea is that all midas, an emotion, is always born from a perception. Which means, on level one, when you're feeling, let's, let's be very practical, when a person is feeling a very negative feeling towards somebody, you're feeling hate, you're feeling terrible frustration, you're feeling alienation, whether it's sadness, anger is a big one. Anger, you're angry. <clears throat> All the emotion says is, I'm angry. This person is the worst person. Why did I ever get involved with this person? Frustration, whatever the emotion is. And that's what it is. That's, that's, that's what you're feeling. That's what it is at that moment. And sometimes you could feel it all over the place and it just paralyzes you. There's nothing else you can do. You stop, stop thinking about it. You push it out and it comes back with a vengeance. And one thing a person has to know, it's not the only thing, but one thing a person has to know is there is an entire set of beliefs that preceded that emotion. This kid was not born in a vacuum. An emotion is a child. A child doesn't just pop out one day. Even a penguin and any bird and any mammal and any fish, it's a process. Birth is a process. It doesn't happen as well. It's a process, and it's a long process. Sometimes it's a process of years. Sometimes it's a process of nine months. Depends on every creature. But it's a process. In other words, there's an entire set of beliefs, of ideas, of, th- of perceptions, of thoughts, of machshavas, of awareness, of perspectives and perceptions that are the father and mother of this emotion. And when I can challenge those perceptions, when I can go back to those perceptions, quite interestingly, a lot of my emotional attitudes and experiences will be seriously refined or altered or developed. Why? Because... Somebody is responsible for these children. And if I can go back to that one who is responsible, a lot of things can change. So as we said, the worst thing a person could do with children is, I don't own you, I can't deal with you. You're too much for me. Never do that, never do that. You may feel that it's too much, that I understand. But feeling that it's too much, that itself comes from a perception. (laughs) Feeling that it's too much is also information I feed myself. And that's a big question. What is the information you've fed yourself or has been fed to you over many years? Sometimes a person is 40 or 45 or 55. It's hard for them to go back and see who are the fathers and mothers of all these kids. Because 30, 40 years you're trained to think of this way about yourself. This is your belief system. These are, this is your seichel. These are your machshavas. It's already taken for granted now. It's a given. 
And now you're just responding. And every day it's the same response. You're simply living out the script. Or as some like to say, what are the stories you tell yourself? What are the stories you have told yourself? What are the stories that are ingrained in your psyche and character about who you are, about who other people are? And the more a person takes responsibility for this, the more a person can take responsibility for their children, the better off their children will be. <laughs> you don't do your children a favor by being scared of them, by disowning them. Saying, you, I can't. No, no, go in there. Face it. Look at it. There's nothing you can't deal with. This is yours. This is yours. Of course, the metaphor is not completely perfect because when your child is uh, is 50 years old or your child is 25 years old, that's not inside of you. But the metaphor is an important metaphor. You don't amputate. You don't cut off. And you, I don't live a fight. I'm, I'm scared to talk to you. I don't know who you are. This is too hard for me. That's what people do with their own emotions all the time. So what happens? doesn't go away. <laughs> doesn't go away. It's just completely not dealt with. Nothing goes away. It's there. It's just not dealt with. So it comes back with more mishugasan and sometimes more strength and makes you more mishugasan, more miserable. Verstandig? But this takes, this, this is, takes, this is a maturity. This is a depth. This is a responsibility. A person has to be able to see this process. And it's also true in education. A lot of times people see things that are happening with their children at home. Very often all the children are doing is they're playing out what's happening between the husband and the father. Between the husband and, you know, husband and the father, yeah. Good, good Freudian slip. <laughs> At least in my case, maybe. But all very often with playing up between the husband and the wife, the father and the mother. It's the av and the aim. It's not easy to go there. It's much easier to say, <coughs> ADD, ADHD, PDD, Meshuggah, incapable, us. which fine, there, there may be issues and challenges you have to deal with in terms of the child, but very often the place to go back is to the source. They're just playing out. They're just playing out emotions that you're not dealing with. Emotions that you're repressing, relationship challenges that have been dismissed and have been buried, and, and kids who are very sensitive just play it out. It's they play it out in a very aggressive way. These kids are not crazy. These kids are actually very normal, and they can't deal with the dysfunction. And this is their best, most respectful way of expressing the dysfunction. They're actually doing very well for the situation, because if they would really be blunt... <laughs> They should tell their mother and father the truth. They don't. They have Rahmanas on them. They may not even know it themselves. So that's one dimension that we always have to understand. The relationship between Midas and the perceptions that give rise to them. Which means I never ever get angry at anybody. I don't mean I, I mean you. You, you, you know him, yeah. You never ever, no one, none of you ever get angry at anybody. Ever, ever. So you'll tell me, please, why don't you follow me throughout the day? But it's the truth. It's the truth. There's nothing anybody can tell you that will, that will trigger your anger or other emotions. It's always your thoughts about what they told you that trigger your emotions. Of course, I know it's what they told you that trigger your emotions, but it's not what they told you. Vaharaya, they told me the same thing. <laughs> They told him the same thing. We responded in opposite ways. Why? You say we have different personalities. But what does that mean we have different personalities? 
It means it's not what you said that triggered the emotion. It's my thoughts about what you said that triggered the emotion. But that step, I skip, because it's the father and the mother. But a child has a father and a mother. You have to respect the father and mother. First thing you respect is, why do you have to respect them? Because they take responsibility. There's a reason we respect our father and mother. Because under natural circumstances, the right thing might have been for them to kill us. Right? A mother of a teenage children said she now understands the animals that kill their children. In a humorous way, of course. And yet fathers and mothers take care of their children, hopefully. Again, we're talking about functional parents, healthy parents, normal parents. And even if they're not completely functional, completely healthy, but very often they try to do the best they can with the tools that they have and with the lack of awareness and perception that they have. Now, sometimes people are in a prison because their whole life they're feeling stuff, they're experiencing stuff, and they never once stopped and said, who gave birth to these emotions? The emotions become God. They can't be challenged. They don't have a father and mother. The only thing that doesn't have a father and mother in this world is the Rebbeinu Shalala. And your emotions are important, but they're not God. <laughs> so it's a, it's a fascinating thing. When emotions become worshipped as God, we actually could never liberate ourselves from it. When emotions can be respected as children, not as gods, they can grow up, they can develop. So I don't have to run from them, but I don't have to worship them. Worshipping them is the opposite mistake, where there's nothing but them. It's like worshipping a four-year-old child and his attitudes, or worshipping a 12-year-old and her attitudes. You don't worship these attitudes. Do you respect it? You respect it in the sense that you have to create space for it, you have to see what's going on, you can't make believe it doesn't exist. Respect doesn't always mean you agree with something. Respect means if somebody is in my office and he may have a certain hang-up, I have to respect what is going on and see the process. If I make believe it doesn't exist, then I'll never be dealt with. It'll just get worse. If I worship it, then I become a complete victim to it. The proper approach is always like a child. You never disown a child. You never make believe the child is not crying. The child doesn't have an attitude. But I don't have to take it seriously to the point that this is divine. This I have to worship. The same is true with your emotion. Give it space. And then in a curious, calm, non-judgmental fashion, be curious as to who are the fathers and mothers of these emotions. And you will see that a lot of your life will change from that. You will be opened up to reality. And I say non-judgmental because that's another quality with children. You don't judge your child. You have a nine-year-old kid who's throwing a tantrum or a seven-year-old who's throwing a tantrum or a four-year-old. You don't start judging them. You're such a baby. You're such a baby. Imagine you tell your three-year-old, you're such, I mean, people do it and it's a terrible mistake. You're such a baby. Cry baby. Cry baby. Cry baby. Of course, that's what two-year-olds are supposed to be. You also cry baby. You just do it without tears, but you're the same crybaby. You just get angry at the world. You're frustrated at everybody. You hate everybody. You're not a crybaby. You're a 72-year-old crybaby or a 46-year-old crybaby. You're not a crybaby. You just cry over bigger toys than smaller toys. Somebody took away his horse and Yvette sugar, and somebody takes the last piece of sushi at the Kiddush. What do you do? For a month, you hate this guy. You're much worse than your child. 
It's hard as a horse. Your last piece of sushi at the kiddush, you were eyeing it for five minutes. It's a competition between you and the other guy, and he caught it. And forget it. Chasal said the pesach. That relationship is dead. <laughs> Usually, when we have to call other people, everybody relates to this. Yeah, there's always the last piece of sushi. You know that piece of sushi? It's for hacked. It's for foiled. It's for shemot. It's there for four days. But for hungry Jews after musaf, it's 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 mamish and the truth is the more I don't respect the crybaby in me the more I have to scream at the crybaby in my child I don't have space for it in myself so I have to so the way I deal with it with myself is I don't recognize it so when I see it in you it drives me crazy because it triggers my own so I have to knock it down but you don't judge a child. You don't worship a child, but you don't judge a child. And you don't disown it. You realize this is the child, and this is the process of growing up. And you look at what the reality is, and you embrace it on one level. You let it be, but you realize that it has a father and a mother. In other words, it's not unchangeable. It's not immutable. It's not divine. The only one who doesn't have a father and mother is Hashem. And other men Chava, I guess, they didn't have a biological father and mother, but they were still created from a source. So we see the chesed in someone else, that's really chesed in me. That's why the Baal Shem Tov said that another person is a mirror. Another person is a mirror, which means what I see in you is very often a reflection of what I see in myself. I don't want to see myself. Or what I don't want to see in myself. Very often you're triggering within me things that I don't want to deal with. And when I see them in you, they drive me crazy. It's not you're driving me crazy. It's me driving me crazy. <laughs> but I don't know that I'm driving me crazy. You help me bring out that I'm driving myself crazy. So instead of getting upset at you, I should say, well, thank you for being a mirror. Which is always a wonderful experience in life. Sometimes you see your children behaving a certain way. Look up, take a deep breath and say, thank you for being a mirror. Thank you for being a mirror. Who is really the father and mother? Who is really the father and mother? I don't know. I'm not a prophet. I don't know. All I'm saying is we have to have the courage to be able to see the father and the mother. There are thoughts that I am experiencing. There are perceptions. There are belief systems that have been set in my place, right? And that's how I process what you're telling me. And it's happening every single day. And not surprisingly, the children are products of that. My, I'm talking about spiritual children are products of that. So I have to be able to come and say, what is my thought process? In marriage, this is one of the biggest issues. People are married. Over the first few years, they develop certain emunos, I would call them, beliefs about their spouse. <laughs> sometimes emunos tfeilis. But if they would know it's emunos tfeilis, sometimes they think that is emuna. <laughs> Their emuna about their spouse, they equate with emuna and God. Again, they don't think there's, there's parents. Nobody owns these emotions. These emotions are absolute truths, like a noich yashem now what happens is, 5, 10, 50, 20 years later, whatever it is, these are not up for negotiation. I know who my husband is, I know who my spouse is, I don't even, it's not even a shaila. You don't even go there. It's, this is the Yisoyda Yisoydas. These are the premises and the paradigms by which you play your game of chess. Everything else follows that. So now there's a bunch of children running all over the house, terrorizing the house, smoke bombs every night, wildfires, arson, terrorism in the house. I'm talking about your heart. The, heart. the house here is a marshal for your heart. 
the kids are actually playing it out too. But we're not now talking about the actual kids. We're talking about the kids inside of you, the playground inside of you. And it's a given. Oh, she did this again. He did this again. He said this. She said this. He came home late. She came home late. This was not ready. This was the... But it's not really what he said. It's not what she said. It's not what he did. It's not what she did. It's how you thought about what she said and what she did and what he said and what he did. But those thoughts are already buried in the foundation of my soul. I don't want to go back there. That's the point that take responsibility for your children. Take responsibility for your emotions and realize that they come from somewhere. They don't exist in a vacuum. You don't have to judge them. Don't amputate them. Don't disown them and don't be afraid of them. Never be afraid of your child. Never. The worst thing for your child. Children don't need parents to be afraid of them. Children need parents to be there with them in their fear. The more you're afraid of your child, the more your child is afraid of himself. Parents think they do a service by detaching. Let him grow up himself. No, he doesn't have to grow up himself. He needs a father to be there with him. To give him his space. To let him become a person. He's not an extension of your fantasies and, uh, and hallucinations and expectations. That's another issue. We're not going there right now. Baruch Hashem, there's uh, a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to these issues. But uh, the more you work on yourself, the more you have hope to be able to inspire those around you, to be able to be the people who are they're, they're capable of becoming. Right. So therefore, your child doesn't need you to fear him, to fear her. I, I can't deal with you. No, no. They fear themselves much more. They're responding to their own stuff. You gotta be there. You have to know how to be there. Obviously with Seichel. But you have to be emotionally present in the lives of your children. The biggest mistake today that parents make is that they're not emotionally present in the lives of their children. They detach. Because it's hard. They don't mean to. It's hard. I'll just pay the bills. So enough. He's paying tuition $45,000 a year. He has to be not emotionally attached. He's emotionally attached to the tuition. <laughs> the problem is that's for the school, but your kid needs a parent. You're talking emotionally attached, but they need emotionally attached to them, not just to the money you're paying for the tuition. So you could freak out Friday night when they don't have a Tvartarian, when you're paying $16,000 a year tuition and they can't even tell you one Tvartarian between the soup and the chicken and you want to know why you're paying so much tuition. They could stay home on the video games and it'll be cheaper. You want to know why I'm in such a good mood this morning? Huh? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to the father and the mother, figure it out. Yeah. Is there a way for citizens to identify what is a child, what is a father, mother, how to, yeah. how to peel it back? How does one track back? Sometimes you don't want to go there because you yeah. want to keep damage control. You don't want to... Yeah. Race is your satan. You want to yeah, you make it worse. No, there's no question. Yeah. Sometimes a person is just lost and there's complete da- and there's just damage control and I'm scared any move I make... Right, just like they say, stay put. Just don't, don't, don't do anything. Whatever you do is going to be wrong, and your child will make sure. But that itself, I have to identify, and that's why we need relationships. That's why we, 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 you know, chua It's a person needs friends. A person needs mentors. A selichav, or knelichachavir, whatever that means in every person's life. We need to be able to have honest feedback. In terms of identifying exactly. That's that's Agansa How do you even begin to identify? We'll see a little more about that later. But uh, here we're talking just the general idea that it has to be identified. And that doesn't make you weaker. You never have to be afraid of that. On the contrary, it makes you stronger. 
Because when you take responsibility for something, you have a relationship with it. You can own it. It doesn't make you a weaker person. It makes you a much stronger person. You become aware. Because awareness, the Baal Shem Tov said, All exile and redemption is about awareness. It's about das. It's about knowledge. It's about perception. We'll soon see what das means exactly even deeper than that. But that's where Golos and Kaula begins, because that gives you choices. As long as there's no awareness, there's no choices. I'm just crippled. When there's awareness, I can now make a choice. I may not get rid of the emotion ever, maybe never, but I can make a choice. Yeah. It says in Yerushalmi, why did they put uh, Havdallah in Chaynan Hadas? We say in the Bruch Das. Why? Why there? Why does it belong in Das? And so the Gemara in Yerushalmi Brachas Das If there's no Das, there can't be Avdala. So it looks like well, this is a very deep idea. There's no choices. Havdalah means there's a choice. You separate. That's what how choice means. Choice means. Yeah. If there's no das, you can't separate because you have no choice. You're just in one big, one big bubble in a concoction that there's no, there's no havdalah. If there's das, 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 and we'll soon see here the focus is, even though we mentioned Chachma and Bina, I mean, it depends on the Nusrat, there's different Nuschayas, but not only Das, but the Yerushalmi focuses on Das. It means Das, I don't. Because in Chachma Bina itself, the key issue is going to be Das. The key issue in this whole process that we're talking about, we're now dealing with Das Tachta. We're not dealing with nothing. Nothing of this is Das Atlian. We're all dealing with Das Tachta now. But this process of identifying the father and the mother, taking responsibility for it, owning it, Seeing the connection, respecting it for what it is, and being aware of the process, being aware of that process, then you can make a choice. And you can make a choice. We'll see later in the Maimah, the Balatanya is going to quote a whole story from Masechta Vedazara. It's almost a whole Ahmed. It's a, it's a significant part of the Ahmed of Masechta Vedazara. It's one of those stories in Shas that uh, gets your mind, gets your... Uh, <laughs> Gets your mind thinking and you're, you're, you're scratching your head to try to figure out how people could speak this way, what it means. And, uh, it's a story of a desire that we'll see in the, the last paragraph of this page. The Balatanya is going to go and explain based on this idea of what das is, das tachten, a whole conversation between Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma and Rabbi Yossi ben Tradian moments a little while before Rabbi Yossi ben Tradian was killed. Half of a fella, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely stupendous, unbelievable how one of those stories in Gemara between two of the Tanoim or the greatest Tanoim which was dealing with very serious moments before one of them was killed by the Romans, Reb Chanin ben Tradi, one of the Sorayim Alchos, and his his friend and his teacher, Reb Yosef ben Kisma gave him an insight that at the surface like, how do you speak like this? But he's going to show that they lived with Das, they always lived with Das because they always lived with Das, this comment was not just tolerated, it was welcomed by him. It was really welcomed by him. As we will see in the Hemshech of the Maimon. 
So 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 at this nekuda, this is always the nekuda that you can always learn when it comes to your child. You never disown a child ever. Chalila v'chas to disown a child. The idea that some people think that at some point you disown a child, you sever a relationship with a child, is a is, is a colossal tragedy. You never ever sever a relationship with a child. You may disagree. There may be pain. Right? Unconditional love doesn't mean uncritical love. <laughs> Unconditional love doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not pained by a behavior. What I feel is destructive or wrong, or I know is destructive and wrong, but it doesn't mean I'm not gonna love you. And that's it. I don't, I don't own you. Because not owning you means I'm not owning me also. We're one. No such a thing. You don't amputate. Opposite <laughs> of owning you, love. Huh? Opposite of owning your love. You can't own it. Dishon it or you love it. You can't own it and not love it. What do you mean own it? I don't know what you mean own it. You need a child. Disown it. You don't disown a child, do you? You're always connected to a child. Doesn't mean you agree with everything. Doesn't mean you spoil. Doesn't mean there's no discipline, but it means you're always connected. How do we deal with Yishmael? How do we deal with Yishmael? You have to deal with Yishmael? Mm-hmm. Somebody has their child, Yishmael? It's a concept we do. It's an idea we do. Yishmael. You want to know why, why Avram Avinu didn't follow this uh, Shear and he disowned Yishmael? And he got a, he got direction. So first of all, so first of all, one sees that Avram Avinu fought it. Right. In other words, Mitzad Avram Avinu didn't make sense to send away Yishmael. Yeah. Hashem told him, so he did it. So anybody, if Hashem tells you to send away your child, because of to hate. But wait, wait, wait. He didn't only send away Yishmael, he sent him with his mother. If you're sending away your child, no problem, do it with his mother. Send him away with his mother, which is, will be better for her too, to get away from you. And, uh, what? Not a bad idea. So just remember, you don't just send away a boy, you send away the boy with his mother. That's fine. That's fine. Send him away the mother. Number three, this is before Matan Taira. Let's remember that too. Number four, Yishmael didn't even have a gather of a Yid. wasn't a gather of a Jew. Number five, it says in Pekid Rebelezer, it says in Rashi, that when Avram Avinu passed away, who buried him? The positive Yikbaru Yitzchak Yishmael. How did Yishmael show up to the Leviah? He got a text message. What does Rashi say? Malamed? Shasa Tshuva. How did Shmuel do Tshuva? <clears throat> what happened? So it says in Pekid Rebeleze, Avram Avinu would go visit him. <laughs> Shem said, send him away, but he would go visit him. Because it was the whole Maisa. We came, and he was uh, his wife was Patima. Huh? Patima, yeah. In the Muslim, uh, Muslim world, that's a big name. And uh, Avram Avinu was very impressed. There was one wife, and then a second wife was very impressed with the hospitality. Yishmael came home, and she described him who visited him, and he was very moved that his father came. So even then, Hashem told him, Hashem told him, but Avram went to visit him. And then suddenly, the next generation, Yitzchak has a son, Esau, who was no great at Satska, then Yishmael. What should have been the first thing Yitzchak did? Send him away! The tata, the tata, the tata. The messiah is you throw out kids of the house. That's the messiah. 
Your own father did it. Suddenly, what does Yitzchak do? Not only did he not throw out Esav, Esav married two tzatzkes, but to Yenna, I don't know what the right word for it is. I don't want to say machshefes. Huh? Okay. Two shikses, fine. <laughs> and what were they doing? As it says in Rashi, they were smoking up. Yoimam Valayla, right? And not smoking up to their gods. And the positive, people think Yitzchak was some naive saint living in heaven. They were a cause of agony for Yitzchak. He should have thrown out Asa with his daughters in law. Go, go buy, here's money, go find yourself an apartment, leave me alone. Go get a job, you're a hunter, go get a job. He doesn't do that. You have a father of Ramavin. He had a mother Sarah. Look what they did. They threw out Ishmael. Hashem said that's the right thing to do. And suddenly Yitzchak changed course completely. Esav remained with him. And not only Esav. Esav had a son, Eliphaz. What does Rashi say in this week's parsha? You remember? Yeah. Yaakov cried when he met Rachel. Why did he cry? He said, when my father had to have a Shidduch, Eliezer came to the girl with ten camels loaded with wealth and richness. Ten camels. Wasn't enough one camel. Wasn't enough one diamond ring, one tennis bracelet, three mink coats, four homes in Switzerland, you know, Shalayim in Florida, right? And Muncie for Shabbos. Ten camels. Ten camels she got. Rivka had to have. And I... Yaakov came with a stick. <laughs> that's what he owned. He owned the stick. When you go on a hike, you know, you make a stick. That's what he had. So what happened there? Yitzchak couldn't send him a couple, couple of dollars. You can't give Yitzchak. You're sending him for a shidduch. Give him episode. He has to impress somebody. Nodding something to give start off a life. Nothing. So Rashi says, he, can't, he went with a lot of money. Yitzchak was a wealthy Jew. Okay, the Vanessa time is that Yitzchak lost all of his wealth. But the Pashtas Yitzchak, Yitzchak was wealthy. So he was very much liach. The Pshat is, Esav, who was furious with Yaakov because of the story of the Brachas, had a son, Eliphaz. And he sent Eliphaz to go pursue Yaakov and kill him. Because Yaakov fled. And Eliphaz found Yaakov. And he came to Yaakov and he said, I gotta kill you. Daddy said, so Rashi says, Ulefisha Godal, Yitzchak, because Eliphaz grew up in the bosom, Bechekai means in the, on the lap, in the bosom of Yitzchak, in the choice, yeah, that's exactly the translation, in the choice of Yitzchak. In other words, Yitzchak, we would say, Yitzchak cradled him, so he couldn't kill Yaakov, he just couldn't get him, he was, he was a Bambayas, he knew Yitzchak, he knew Yaakov, he couldn't kill him. So he tells Yaakov, I have a problem. You know, in our family, Kibudav. <laughs> in our family, Kibudav trumps everything. Daddy said, Daddy said. So Yaakov said, come, I'll give you a shear. And Yaakov gave him a shear in Masechtin Adarim Davchav, that Ani Chashav Kameis, that a broke, destitute person is like that. And he taught him the Ran, and he taught him the Rishonim, and he taught him the Achirayinim. He probably even taught him the Shmuz or Chaim Shmulevich on that Gemara and Sechis Musr. <laughs> And Elifa said, Geshmakashir, let me take your money. And he took his money, and that's why I'm broke. That's the story. Now understand this. Elifa is a murderer. 
You give him a shear to Masechta Nadarim. Yeah, imagine, yeah? You meet a murderer, you say, whoa, 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 Ani, the Gemara says in Nadarim, Ani Chashav Kameis. So Ani, really? That's what you do with murderers? They're interested in Masechta Nadarim Davchav? And it worked. It worked. He comes to kill him, he takes all his money, but doesn't kill him. The answer is, this was the tragedy of Eliphaz. Eliphaz was a son of Esav, and who was he a father of? Amalek. Eliphaz was the father of Amalek. And as a positive Eliphaz lived with his mother and he lived, married his daughter. Everything in that family was one big incestuous relationship. This was Eliphaz. So an apple doesn't fall far from the tree in this case. Esav was no saint and Eliphaz took it to the next level and he was the father of Amalek and we all know who Amalek is. You would think, mainly your son, you have to tolerate. But your grandson, throw him out of the house. Godel Alifaz Bechekoy Shal Yitzchak. He had him on his lap. He had him on his lap. Alifaz. He had him on his lap. This, this, this Alifaz. So you could say, okay, he hoped he'll make a mensch out of him. But he didn't. The guy became a Rosha Marusha. And that was it. But wait. We're alive today. Why are we alive today? Because Yaakov wasn't murdered on the way. Why wasn't he murdered on the way? Because Eliphaz remained with Yitzchak. So Eliphaz might have not become Rabban Shalkol B'nei and a great Sadik, But ultimately the entire Jewish people are alive today and they owe their life to one thing, that Yitzchak did not throw out his grandchild from the house. And if you'll open up Parshas Sefer Eiv, you'll see, I think, Perek Dalit or Perek Vav, Vayan Eliphaz Hatemoni, one of Eiv's friends is Eliphaz, who consoles him after the death of his children, and Rashi says, Eliphaz? So Rashi says in Eiv, Kivon Shagadol B'cheker Shal Yitzchok, I think the Lashon is Shorsal of Ruach HaKodesh. Eliphaz had Ruach HaKodesh. Eliphaz was full of Mamzedim in his life. He himself was not a very kosher child, as Rashi explains in Mayishlach from the Gemara in Sanhedrin. He had Ruach HaKodesh. Why? Because it's a Chidrei Tarum Yitzchak. And this is the short answer to your question. <laughs> Yitzchak should have said, you saw what happened with Yishmol. Ace of Mail, after tolerate, Rivka, whatever. This. Now usually fathers do it because the mother wants. But Rivka was actually into Yaakov. So Yitzchak had a card blend. He had a green ticket. Go ahead. Learn from he did the exact opposite from his father. Interesting, very interesting. He did the exact opposite. Huh? And he was midas akvurin. Kvur is the chmidas adin. I'm not a chaser. I'm not love, 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 love. I'm truth. Yeah. What did that rabbi said? I'm not politically correct like everybody else. I say ms. I say the ms. I'm not politically correct. I don't flatter people. Yeah, I'm Gvur, I'm the real thing, I'm Midas Adin. Vayav Yitzchak, Vayav Yitzchak Esav. And this is Esav. This is Esav, from whom Klai Yisrael doesn't come. Kol Shekein V'Kalachayim, after Matan Torah, when it says, Atav V'Chartonim Mikola Amim, and every Jew is a Chelek Elekami Mal Mamesh, and Layidach V'Menu Nidach. The Chadova Poshet B'Yoyser B'Yoyser. And if you really feel you got to throw him out, no problem. Just make sure he has his mother to do his laundry and make him uh, cinnamon buns and, and chocolate chip cookies and, 
and cradle him and so on and so forth, then you go take care of yourself. <laughs> if if your mamish after after actions of I'll call Panamanegalinyanena, let's finalize. So just like when it comes to a physical child, to it comes to a biological child, the same is true with Midas. I don't have to ever, ever disown. But says the son, don't be afraid of your midas. Don't be afraid. It's there. It's fine. Don't worship it. The less you're afraid. People say, if I'm not going to be afraid of it, I'm going to follow it. No. On the contrary. If you're afraid of it, the monster grows. If you're not afraid of it and you could look at it with a certain respect and a certain curiosity, you can actually see what is going on. And you can actually help dissolve a lot of it. As we will see in the Hemshech of the Maimon. There's definitely things from a child that you can't control. But it is from God. It doesn't have a father and mother. Sometimes I have to accept certain things. I can't change everything. Sometimes I have to accept certain things. this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.